while your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. I think I was, you know, Ted's a good guy. We've always known that. You and I have known that. But I think it was very nice of him sitting here. Yeah, I th- it, was a lot calls. Of, it was a lot of fun. He took calls. Yeah. And, uh, and, um, and it was uh, just, it was just fun. It was good radio. Plus, as he points out, he is a local guy. He is. Right? He's, a, he's a Bristol County guy. Um, his family lives in Plymouth County now. Um, Attleboro re- has really crept into this show and this it, station in a, in a big way. It has. <laughs> and we're happy to have him. Yeah, absolutely. We're yeah. happy to have them. The, um, but but it was very nice of uh, of him and his wife to join us. Um, yeah, it was great. But but he's and, and again, I think they do a wonderful job over there. Twelve. Yes, absolutely. They do. They they do a lot of New Bedford news, a lot of Fall River stuff. Um, they put us on the map in many ways. So I appreciate that. Absolutely. So 508-996-0500 is how you can get in the program. We're also taking a message on the WBSM app chat. We were with Ted Nisi from Channel 12 WPRI, um, and uh, we were talking about a lot of fun stuff, having a great time. And now we're here. We've got some local stuff I think we can talk about, right? Um, yes, we absolutely do. We have a special election. Oh, yeah. Going on in Ward 3. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. All this stuff going on. That's starting to take shape. Yes, that's starting to take shape in a big way. So one of the guys we've already had in, one of the candidates we've already had in, today made a big change in the race. Okay. We have, um, he was in, he's he's the guy who who worked as a, 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 he's a a corrections officer. He's also a constable. Sean Oliver. Sean Oliver. Yes. I think he's changed the race significantly, Marcus. Why is that? He's put $5,000 of his own money into the race. Incredible. $5,000 in a special election for city council. In a special ward election, too. So there's a very specific number of voters you're targeting, like 700 or so. Right. And because... Guys, you know this. I ran, I, I ran the campaign for Hugh Dunn in the 2017 special election, and in the general, and in because the people, the thing is, it's not the people that show up in the prelim are showing up in, in the general, right? Yes, that's because you, if you're showing up in the winter for an election, you're, you're going to show up to both. Right. And so, and when we did we did that, there was actually I think fewer people that showed up to the general because it rained really hard that day, which matters. It does, and and uh, it was about 700 people that showed up, and right. so that's the number of voters you're targeting. So five thousand dollars. Targeting 700 people can go quite a can go quite a long way. We've also heard that he's 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 going out there and canvassing. He's doing door to door. And look, if he put five grand of his own money into the race, he's committed. Yes, he's committed. That means when it's raining, he's knocking doors. Yes, I mean five thousand dollars. You have to make ten to, to have five thousand. Yes, right. So the fact that he has just put that kind of money into the race, folks. I think really changes the complexion of the race. I think he's a very nice guy. We know he's going door to door, um, but he's clearly really committed to the race. Yes, he's he's committed to the race, and um, I mean to put that much money into it because I, I what you know five grand. That's what people put it for a state rep or a state senate race with their own money. You can go on vacation. 
you could, <laughs> it's a it's a nice deal. It's a lot of money in the four hundred one k, right? Go go on vacation. <laughs> go to Europe for five grand. But seriously, I think yeah. it cost me less to go to Italy. I did all, I did all inclusives for two of my friends' weddings. And uh, in Mexico and in uh, Dominican Republic, and they were substantially less than five grand. Don't don't like keep telling grand. his wife he could have done that. Honey, <laughs> yeah. we could have gone on vacation. <laughs> yeah. Instead, I want to be in the city council. But no, I, I do think it's a big development. It's a big development because I don't. And think you heard it here first. You did hear it here first that Sean Oliver, Ward 3 City Council candidate, who is a uh, corrections officer and also a, con- a constable, is right. putting five grand of his own money into the race. I haven't noticed any other spike in campaign f- uh, financing in any of the other candidates uh, in this race yet. But it's a real starting gun. It is. Yeah, it really is. Especially because we've talked about this. Um, the the turnaround on this is so quick like that right you need to build name id because there's a Absolutely. lot of people especially if you're a guy like sean oliver a lot of people don't know who you are no so you're going to now be able to see him doing radio ads yes direct mail if you live in that district the signs I mean, again marcus you know this you got to have about a thousand dollars to make a good sign run yes but they're not going to run it for you Right. Right? I mean, when you go in to buy signs, you don't get to buy them one at a time. Yeah. Right. Somehow it works. They've got yeah. to do a press run. Yes, exactly. They, make, they, make the, they, they do the artwork, all the rest. Then they got to run a press. Yeah. So you don't get to go, I like three signs, four signs. It's just not how it works. Yes. You've got to buy at least 100, 200 signs at a time. Uh, I think it's 500, actually, is usually the smallest run you can get. Right. And so... That money can definitely go a long way in this race. And again, you've got seven candidates right now. I've reached out to all of them, heard back from all of them except for one. Um, but I know, uh, so you've got Jake Ventura, who's yes. been, I think, a central focus of this race because of questions around his, uh, his residency. Yes. You have um, uh, Bob Bromley, who we've had in, who has been deeply entrenched in New Bedford and New Bedford goings on for a long time. Specifically, he has a museum. He has a museum. He's he, a veteran. He has a, a museum can for make the museum. The Bob Bromley for Ward 3 Museum. Right, except it's in Ward 6. It is in Ward 6, yeah. But, I mean, he does the Veterans Parade. He does the Veterans Parade. He's on the Veterans Advisory Board. He does a lot of work with local veterans, which goes a long way, I think, in campaigning. Um, You have uh, 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 Bob Cabral, who's a a business... a former businessman. He's been in business for 40 years. Uh, I know has been canvassing. I see signs go up. He sent me his platform, a comprehensive platform on on what he, uh, you know, his vision uh, for the ward and for the city. Right. And uh, Carmen. He's a homeless activist. He's a homeless for, activist. For homeless people. For homeless people, yes. yeah. He's not himself not a, himself homeless. a homeless. He's a homeless activist. Activists uh, for the homeless. Carmen Amaral, who should be joining us sometime after the holidays. I spoke with her recently, but she is an educator. Right. Um, and she's got uh, an organization behind her. I believe the Coalition to Save Our Schools is behind her. But I've seen I've seen pictures of her canvassing on her campaign, web, uh, uh, her campaign Facebook. And they're all people, all the people... Uh, in that picture are people that I know that I know that are involved in politics and know what they're doing. So I think she's got a really strong organization behind her. Um, uh, Mr. Robinson, I haven't heard from yet. I haven't found, I got to get a contact uh, for Mr. Robinson, but I I, I do plan on reaching out to Mr. Robinson as well and asking him to to join us uh, on air. It'll be Mr. Robinson's neighborhood. (laughs) <laughs> yes. Which is a great Saturday Night Live skit. It, uh, it is a great Saturday Night Live skit when there were great Saturday Night Live skits. <laughs> it's the last of the great Saturday Night Live skits. I think Eddie Murphy redid it well, one more time. When um, 
So there was a time where Eddie, it was the Eddie Murphy experience, right? Like here, there's a music group. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. He came up with a horrible song. Mm-hmm. You can find it on YouTube. But when, but when, he, but when he guest hosted Saturday Night Live a few years ago, yeah, they redid Mister Robinson's well, neighborhood. Do, do you know that? Do you know that? Um, actually, this is a uh, David Spade made a joke about Eddie Murphy okay. on Saturday Night Live. And uh, it was when he was the, you know how they had the week to, weekend update? It was great. David Spade was the weekend up, update guy. Yes. And he just, there was a graphic on the graphics on the side. It was a picture of Eddie Murphy. He said, oh, look, a falling star. Right. <laughs> I remember. And Eddie Murphy apparently called him immediately after and said all kinds of obscenities to him. Says, you don't do that to me. I kept this show afloat when it was dying. and all right. this other Which stuff. is true. Which was correct. And then it took a while. That relationship, that was like in the 90s. It took a while for that relationship to mend. Because he was mad that he that it made it through that that Warren um, what's his name the uh, Lauren Michaels Lauren Michaels didn't cut it you know that whole thing yeah um, but he finally when he fell far enough he did come back <laughs> the uh, thereby proving That's David Spade is right. Yeah. right but but no but the um, the election started to take shape yeah um, we'll do our best to make everyone famous here Marcus. Has written about the candidates that he's he's and I'll continue to write about the candidates again. We're going to have Carmen Amaral in sometime after the holidays. Uh, We're going to have um, we're uh, we're going to have uh, all the candidates in. We're going to have. I do want to do an in studio with Jake because he had the press event here where he announced he was exploring the run. I want to do an in studio with him. Really dive into those that issue those the issues of the campaign. Absolutely, Jack Spillane's done a great job uh, keeping an eye on that. So we'll be we'll be discussing uh, all that going forward, and we'll be here. um, I guess we'll we'll be here on election night. Uh, I would think so. Yeah, so we'll be here on election night, which is the 24th uh, of January, and on the 28th, and we'll give you the live updates uh, of that race. It's, I'm assuming one of those campaigns will know ahead of time whether or not they're one of the victors in those campaigns, because right. there's going to be two people out of those seven that emerge from that field. So people understand there's a primary in this race. So the way local elections work is they're uh, in New Bedford and elsewhere, is that if there's a field of candidates that's greater than two, there is a preliminary election that winnows the field down to two people. In this case, seven will become two. So the top two vote getters in that election will then square off in the general election and compete for the remaining votes. All right. So we're probably going to know if these campaigns are well organized enough. They're going to be sending people to to. <laughs> Come on, man! Come on, dude! So I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to build some intrigue here. Right. Teach, um, I'll teach them what they got to do. Yeah, what so, we're expecting so of them. If these campaigns wink, wink, wink right. are are well, are, are well organized enough, they're going to have people out in each precinct getting the numbers and then adding them up. You know, actually, when for example, when the Ward Six race, I knew. That Ryan Pereira won before the uh, about an hour or two before those announcements even came out because both campaigns, the Lopes campaign and the Pereira campaign, went to each precinct to get the numbers. And so I saw Pereira; he was already all excited. They haven't even announced the numbers yet because he knew that he won the election. So good, well organized campaigns go out there; they get the precinct numbers before, so they know what they're walking into when they go to the elections office. So they're not standing there all stoic and stone faced if it comes up with a if it comes up, or they just don't show up at all if it comes uh, comes to a conclusion that. Uh, they are uh, unhappy with. Hey, um, I think we'll take a break now. We'll be right back. This is South Coast Tonight uh, with Marcus and Chris. Yes, The Off-Air Podcast. Hey, Marcus. Welcome back. <laughs> hey, hey, man. So um, so Santa's coming tomorrow. Uh, no, uh, Friday. 
that's going to be fun. It's the it's Santa. He's coming. the The local firefighters eight forty one. They right. called Santa, and they have some pull up there. And so they said, "Hey, buddy, um, why don't you come down and do South Coast?" Well, buddy is the elf, and it, right. And he said, "Well, that's not. This isn't Buddy. This is Santa. This is Santa, the real me, one. You, you called like you called my direct line. They have a cell phone number, right? And so uh, they called they called Santa, and they said, "Come down, <laughs> come down, and uh, and go on South Coast tonight." He's like. I love South Coast tonight. Santa's he great said, guy. It's, it's a great show. Marcus and Chris are great. They they have so much fun. I I, I listen every night. I was he said I was hooked on election night. You know I'm over there making toys and all that, and I just had that on in the background. It's it's amazing. Right. So he was thrilled to come down here. So he's going to come down here. He's going to. Uh, I know. I know Casey's going to be here taking pictures. Yes. And I know. Uh, you're going to have an opportunity from uh, seven to to eight to call Santa. If you want to call him yourself, that's fine. Uh, you know, we also say if you have kids, grandkids, nieces, right. nephews, cousins that may want to call Santa, they can call Santa. I think it'd be fantastic, Marcus. We look forward to having the kids calling. I remember. Do you remember your best gift from Santa? I do. What was it? I would say it was a Planet of the Apes hut mm. with with a, with a gun, a real. Back then, you had plastic guns. And the yeah. gun, when you pulled the trigger, made a sound. It was, it was the coolest gift from Santa Claus. It's like a, a Christmas story. It really was, <laughs> right? And, and it, I, the hut was set up in the in the living room. Mm-hmm. And it was, um, I don't know how he got in the sleigh, but he did. Then for years, it was in the basement. He got it through the chimney, too. He did get it down the chimney. Yeah. Right? So I, um, my best gift from Santa was um, Power Rangers. So Santa... During a time where it was in the mid '90s, where it was really difficult to get Power Rangers okay. figures, Santa unless you were making them, Santa yeah, Santa worked tirelessly to get me the Power Rangers. Right. I mean, and I got all of them. I even got the Green Ranger, which was hard to get. Oh, was and okay. I, I actually I heard Santa worked really hard to get that Green Ranger, and so I was really grateful for it. And I remember having all those Power Rangers and being so thrilled about it because at the time it was like 1996. That was the biggest thing, right? In '96, all I wanted was the snow. Yeah, exactly that too. <laughs> Uh, that might have been the year, because uh, I was in elementary school over here at Wood School, just down the street. The, the, was that the year, or was it maybe a couple of years later, the April Fool Snow Day? Oh, it would have been 96. Okay. It would have right. been, because yeah. I was I just gotten on the board of selectmen. Oh, okay. All right. Cool. Right. April 1st, I got elected. <laughs> and right afterwards, I had it. Isn't yep. that funny? Yep. So, um... It was really... <laughs> it was, yes. <laughs> uh... <laughs> you had a strong campaign infrastructure then. I did. Yeah. So, um, so uh, uh, that was the best gift I got from Santa. Honestly, one of the greatest gifts of all time, the best gift I ever got was my cat. But one of the greatest gifts of all time before that from my parents was a lap desk. And it's because Chris is looking at me like, you're a weirdo. No, no, I, I no, 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 no. Yeah. yeah, no, I. That's fine. I, I, I felt it. I felt the. I felt the judging. <laughs> it was a. Positive. It's fine. No, no. It was palpable. It was a real change it in was, the rule. It was. It was palpable. Yeah, right. and and Chris almost got up and walked away. Right. But it was a lap desk because at the time it was December of 2010. I was both studying for uh studying for my finals, doing my final papers. Oh, okay. And studying for the LSATs. So. Um, they gave me this lap desk because I used to, this is, you know, when I was, when I was at my parents positioning myself on, uh, a, a, a chair in the, in the living room with like the, la- either the, uh, the computer straight on my lap and papers all over the place right. and all that. And so I, they got me the lap desk and I used that 
forever for everything. I always use a lap desk, and to this day, it's still there in my house. I have a lap desk that I still use, so it's one of the best gifts I ever got, and it seems like like very unremarkable, but it was because of the practicality and usage I got out of it. So the look you saw me was me thinking, please, Chris, don't have just looked at him that way and then have him tell you that that was the year he was fighting cancer or something as a child. And, yeah. and all he wanted to do was not fall back in school. And I look at him in the horror like, you loser. But, but that wasn't the case. But I was thinking, oh, my God, this could be a really sad story. I think you'd be in a position to make fun of people who are, who are, who are terminally ill, right? <laughs> I can. Now yeah, I can. can. <laughs> Having survived. <laughs> But not a child. Right. Still not yeah. a child. Yeah, still not a child. No, you still. You can't laugh at a child. I guess <laughs> adults I can uh, laugh at. Children still not. So this is the last show. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but I had a lap board, and I always remember that. A lap desk. And it was a really good thing. Yeah. To have. Yes. It, it is. It's a good thing to have. It was a good gift. But any, anyway, so Santa's going to be here Friday, 7 o'clock. Have your kids call in, your grandkids. You can call in, too. Ask them if you want something and uh, and see if he can get it for you. So uh, the other thing, and if uh, you know if calls come in, uh, listen, I'll hold Santa. If there's still calls in the line at the end of the hour, I'm going to hold Santa, yes. obviously. Um, I don't want to be that guy. We're, we're going to put out for his... Um for his reindeer. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 the reindeer the, will be out there eating. You know, the glitter rain, reindeer food, right, yeah. that you get from the uh, from the store. And we'll have a, we'll have a, uh, the milk and cookies Actually, and all that. Know, well, no, you know what they like this year? They like those blueberry glazed donuts from uh, Honeydew. Oh, okay. Yeah, so if you want to drop those off. Yeah, they they love the those. Love the blueberry those. glazed donuts. They love Honeydew, those. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and uh, yes, they also love... Um, oats. They love oats. They love oats, too. <laughs> So, Chris, let's get off this topic. <laughs> um, they like scotch, too. They, they love scotch. Uh, you know what I want to talk about um, is I spent my Saturday watching political documentaries. Okay. And I watched a few of them. One was Primary, which was, I don't know if you've seen it. It was, uh, 19, it was filmed in 1960 right. during the Wisconsin presidential oh, primary. Oh, I haven't seen that, no. Yeah, so it was filmed in 1960. It was uh, the Wisconsin presidential primary, the Democratic primary, between Kennedy and Hubert Humphrey. Now, Scott Lang came on on Friday, and uh, he worked for Hubert Humphrey. Not at that, that time, but no, he, worked, then, yes. he worked for Hubert Humphrey, and I had to remind people, you know, because not everybody's as well-versed in, in all that stuff. And like, right. So I said, by the way, people don't know, Hubert Humphrey was the vice president of the United States under yes. Lyndon Johnson, and, he, was, uh, and he, he ran for president unsuccessfully in 68 against Nixon. But it was about the, the the presidential primary. You got to see the the sort of um, the the like kind of like behind the scenes type of stuff that like how they are on a personal level. Right. And it's very clear that Hubert Humphrey was a nice guy, but JFK was exponentially cooler than than Hubert Humphrey. But um, you know what I noticed about it, and and it's kind of interesting because you don't see it at the national stage, and it's so important in these local elections is the retail politics uh, that were involved. In that presidential primary, because just setting the stage, Wisconsin back then was one of the few states that allowed voters to vote in their presidential primaries to send the delegates to um, to send the delegates to uh, the convention. Okay. At the time, because after actually after Hubert Humphrey got nominated, there's a whole lot of controversy around that. So that's right. when they changed it. Everybody gets to vote in the primary. Yes. So um, you got to see, and I don't, you don't see this anymore. Hubert Humphrey was out in the street handing out cards. 
like business cards. Himself. Yeah, himself. Hubert Humphrey himself was like, I'm Hubert Humphrey, senator from Minnesota. Right next door. Yeah, right, right over there. I'm handing out, I'm handing, and he's handing out cards. I thought that was pretty incredible. And I, 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 you've been in campaigns for a long time. Yeah. Was that something that local elected officials did in their campaigns? Oh, my God. It used to be that people, it's funny, I was just thinking of this today. People would come down and go to bingos. Okay. So in the north end of New Bedford, as an example, every church up there, St. Mary's particularly, would have bingos. And all those people would go. And so local politicians would go through the mm-hmm. bingo, shaking hands, passing out their cards, passing out, like, for instance, nail files. Yeah. Um, John Saunders always had nail files, right? Yeah. Somebody would ha- hand out bingo daubers with their name on them. So then you, then after they left, their name would still be there. Right. Um, down here, there used to be three shifts at all the factories. Mm-hmm. So if you're running for governor, you'd come down and you'd be shaking hands at the gate as they were going right. in and as they were going out, right? Yeah. I mean, because they and handed out matchbooks, Marcus. Everyone smoked back then. Right, yeah. Handing out matches. So I was at the at the end of all that, basically. Yeah. There are no more bingos. Nobody smokes anymore. No factories. No factories, <laughs> yeah. right? But it used to be... You have to, to go be... to Bangladesh to do that now. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> 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 Talk about meeting people where they are. <laughs> Sorry, your job's in Bangladesh now. I'm laughing. It's not. Globalization's been bad. So anyway. <laughs> really bad for campaigns. Yeah, it's been bad for campaigns. But out there, people remember that you, you would hand out matches, yeah. nail files, bingo daubers. But yeah, there used to be a big, and yeah, candidates did it. Yeah, that's. That, I thought that was really interesting. I mean, Kennedy was having like the. He didn't do a lot of that. He had just like the larger rallies. Right. Honestly, he had the, like the big rallies, and everybody would show up, and it was clear at the time that Kennedy was going to win. Actually, right. Hubert Humphrey came on a local radio show in nice. Wisconsin because that's what you do. Right. And uh, even today, even today, statewide candidates came here in South Coast tonight. Right. So he came on, talked for you know he's a nice guy and. Uh, and then the radio host afterwards was interviewed, and he's like, "Yeah, no, uh, Kennedy's going to win." <laughs> he was like, "We wouldn't do that." Yeah, what? if you came, we would tell, we wouldn't say you were going to lose. Yes, would we? Uh, yeah, if Jack I, Kennedy. I, would, I think we'd have to side with him. If it were Jack Kennedy, I would have to side with Jack Kennedy. Yeah, no, I, I think I think if in that in that circumstance, I think we would have to do that. But um, 508-996-0500 is how you get the program. We're also taking calls on the WBSM app chat. One of the other documentaries I watched um, is The War Room. I've seen that, sure. Yeah, so The War Room. um, So The War Room is a uh, documentary. It's a behind-the-scenes documentary, really behind-the-scenes, too, where you see a different side of these guys that you don't see when you're on cable news. Big time. Yeah, so uh, George Stephanopoulos... Who is now a, a, a host? Uh, who is now a longtime um, news anchor, and who just uh, interviewed that SBF guy actually, and um, James Carville, who are both running basically the communication side of Bill Clinton's '92 presidential campaign yeah. that he ended up beating George Bush at. And you know, I think for a lot of people that are running in even local campaigns, there's teachable moments in there. So that's a very good documentary. Um, James Carville is actually very open to the media. He, is. he was, at least he had been. Yeah. 
Um, he, I mean, he's that a, takes he, a real trust. He's a member of the media now. I mean, yes. he's you know that's, that's his a job. real trust to allow a camera crew in there because mm-hmm. you know they had to embargo those tapes. Oh, of course. You know that they weren't going to go give them to the Dole campaign. Yeah, no. Well, it wouldn't have been Dole then. It was um, no. It was, it was the primary. It was. Right? It was no. It was well. They 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 glossed over the primary. They okay. talked about um, Songus and all that. There was a there was a there was there was a uh, there was they, they had him in the war room when they were talking about like Songus and they were like you know basically talking all this smack. And I'm like no one's gonna vote for Paul Songus and all that. <laughs> and they they just kind of glossed over the New Hampshire primaries and all that and went to the general where it was Bush, Clinton, and Ross Perot who right. you know jumped out and then jumped back in immediately. Um, but. Like one of the teachable moments I, I I was talking about, and we talked about this off air, was Carvel was over there trying to craft a campaign message, right? And people are trying to add their notes and like, oh well, what about this? What about this? No, 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 no! Don't complicate the simple, right? 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 <laughs> you know, right, right? Don't complicate the simple. And I thought that was so good because that's something we always say here: is right. like when you're crafting a campaign message, if you get too in the weeds, if you right. get too pedantic, people are like, well, wait. I, you know, I'm just, you know, like you need to, you need like 60 seconds. You got this is much, you got this much of my time, and yes. then I'm, I'm going to go vote. An elevator pitch. <laughs> yeah, you get an elevator a, pitch. It's exactly an elevator pitch, and I thought that was really, I don't know, I thought it was a really interesting, like, uh, teachable moment for people running uh, campaigns. We'll find out if we're right at the end of the election. But Marcus <laughs> and I were talking about it off the air, and we'll continue to be off the air on this particular one. But you can already see some of the candidates maybe are becoming too. Mouthy, too, too pedantic, too luxury. You know, funny thing. I read a book, um, twenty twelve, Double Down, right? And it was the okay. people that wrote the book Game Change, and they it was behind the scenes both the Romney and Obama campaign. Right. It was a really good book, and Obama famously bombed that first debate with Mitt he Romney. Yes. Mitt Romney like, absolutely eviscerated him. I remember as an Obama supporter back then, I was trying to like rationalize myself like why did he do that badly you know it was really bad but one of the things they said is that he got too pedantic they literally used the word pedantic which means basically you're getting too much like a college professor yes and you're talking about this and what he was talking about was you know the death panels stuff yes so he said, no, that's actually the Independent Health Care Review Board that's right. in the federal government. And that, that kind of decision is actually – and everybody's like, wait, what are you doing? You know, what are you doing? A lot of people have forgotten, too, that Mitt Romney had to really earn his stripes to get on the national stage. He'd been through a lot of campaigns. He faced off against Ted Kennedy. Uh, um, b- b- uh, he, he, won, and he, he wanted that nomination so bad. Oh, yeah. You could tell. Uh, Bill Maher. Redeem the family. I remember Bill Maher had a joke that if he were to get one more vote as a black woman, he would have transitioned. <laughs> and, and, you know, like, right? he, that, like, that was the joke Bill Maher made. It was like he wanted that bad. He and was going to redeem the family. He, exactly. And he, he, he did not do that. But, I mean, he, he really came through the ropes so that. He was much more prepared to be a national candidate than Rom- than, than Obama was. So uh, we have a candidate. Um, there's a candidate that's messaging on the app chat saying that they've been putting flyers on cars and local churches and uh, uh, p- putting flyers on cars at local churches. What do you think of that as a strategy? So if you put a flyer on someone's car, it's going to go in the garbage. Really? I think. I mean, I think people like. A f- in other words, I come out. Of mass. And we're being nice, by the way. Right. We're just, you know, this is someone's it, know, giving us feedback. We're, I come out of mass. I come out to ma- out, out to my car after mass. Yeah. And there's a flyer under there. Uh, first of all, I wonder what are they doing? Touch. I think it's for a pizza joint, right? I mean, I don't think of it as a political thing. I think of it. What's this part? Then I then I look at it. 
I don't know. I think you're better off going door to door. Yeah. You know, if you go to their house, you know whether they are a registered voter or not. Yeah. At the door of their car, you have no idea. You've got a seasoned municipal campaigner. This is this is free advice. Right. You know that we're giving. Look, when I... I've gone to a lot of churches over the years. Yeah. Not necessarily the church in the precinct I vote in. Mm-hmm. Right. Right? That's true. Right. That's true. So I can think when I was... In the summers, I used to go to Mass here in Fairhaven, even though we voted in Freetown. My parents yes. take us to Mass here in Fairhaven mm-hmm. um, in the summer, right? Yeah. Um, now, um, so I'm thinking like Church of the Nazarene on, um, Hathaway Road, is it Nazarene? Yeah. Something like that on Hathaway Road. That might, that's one of the churches I'm thinking about in Ward 3. I know that's a polling location. Yeah, but that draws a lot of people, I would think, from Dartmouth. It could, because Dartmouth's you know, right there. Yeah, just because the church is in Ward 3 doesn't mean the people who go to Mass there or go to church, or however you want to refer to it, right. are living in that area. So you're saying... It's not targeted enough. No, stick with the voter list. Stick with the voter list. All right, hey, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Listen to us live anywhere in the world on the WBSM app. I never write reviews. Real-time reaction to everything that happens after the sun goes down. South Coast Tonight with Marcus and Chris is on WBSM. Santa's coming. The nicest guy in music. Yeah. Paul McCartney. Yeah. Um, so one of my friends saw Paul McCartney at Fenway. One of our friends. So said it was amazing. One of the um one of the nurses at dialysis thinks my name is Paul McCartney. Oh, cool. Because she got confused. Yeah. Because I'm not the nicest guy at dialysis. Like I assure you of that. Like your name is Scooter Libby. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. That was intentional confusion. Yes. I right. dropped a fake name. Yes. But I don't know. Apparently, I'm the nicest guy at dialysis. You're the nicest guy at dialysis. That's what we're going with. There you go. That's a superlative. <laughs> <laughs> We'd like to hope it doesn't end up on my grave. The, uh, Maybe the, I'll have some new memories. The candidate the- appreciated the car advice you gave. Well, I think it's just... Look, anyone who's running, I, I applaud your efforts. Uh, yeah. If you ask an honest question, I'll give you an honest it's a answer. Lot. It, it really is a lot to throw yourself out there. And it really like is. if you're running a campaign right, you are exhausted. Yes. And you're really like you're you're really put you're going out there, especially in a special election when it's cold. Like in the summer it's easier, like during the actual peak campaign season. Much easier. Where you may have to run again if you're running in the special election. So I've run both then in I ran in the spring election, which started in February basically. Yes. In Freetown. Yep. I was walking in the snow up to my hips. Yeah. And I was doing it on purpose because I want to make a good, 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 you know, impression on people. But it's a lot different than campaigning in September. Yes, absolutely. Right? Yeah. I mean, when you're out there in those spring elections, it's a lot of work and it's cold as hell. Yeah. And uh, these folks are going to be doing that. And yeah, right. And they're, and they're, they're going to get the door shut on their face. Yes. You know, people are going to say, well, I'm with the other person. Right. And, and just keep going. And you just gotta, you just gotta keep going. Dis- you know something? I used to tell my sales guy this. Um, the greatest thing someone could tell you is I'm not interested because they've, they've, they stopped wasting your time at that moment. Exactly. Right? If someone slams the door in your face, it, it's obnoxious, but just be glad they cut the time. Yeah. They didn't make you stay there for 20 minutes trying to win over the vote they, you, you were never going to get. Right. 
Right. Actually, remember the the story. One of our one of one of our callers, actually one of our regular callers, had that story. He told the story about he having an interaction with Hero, right? And Hero just said, "Well, you're not voting for me," and walked away. Right. And then the caller confronted him on it, which was great. And right. Hero was like, well, "You weren't voting for me." Right. So it's I pretty just, simple. He goes, "So you weren't voting for me." So I just I had to I had you to leave. move on. Yeah, I had to right. leave. So um so yeah no I, I agree it is it's exhausting I do commend the people for 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 jumping into the race and and really again putting yourself out there because there's going to be someone's going to finish first or second someone's going to finish sixth yep. and you're really you're you know it, it can be I I you know some people might say well it's you know that might be embarrassing but the thing is 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 that you are out there running your building name ID yes and that says that says, that that counts for something so Marcus is that, is that there's people on the council now that have tried multiple times before absolutely yeah. so as I said to you Marcus when this whole race started out it's a special election I think some of these people a lot of most of them won't make it obviously um, yeah. but many of them may of stick them around are. and run again yeah they may run at large right in the fall. Um, they may decide, hey, wait a second, I really like this. Yeah. You know, I didn't make it, but I didn't make it because I didn't have enough time. Yeah. My audience wasn't big enough. It's, you learn, you learn more like, and and then you, yeah, exactly. You say, okay, well, I know these people are going to, these people like me and they'll vote for me. Right. You have a baseline. Yeah. You have a baseline and you can use that to, to run again. The other thing about this race is this is, as Jack Spillane has pointed out, probably one of the most diverse race, uh, um, wards. Yeah. In terms of you've got homeowners, you've got housing project people. You you like neighborhood diversity yes. is what you're saying because the ward is like basically the leftover neighborhoods, yes. right? Yes. I would say that because ward- if if you can appeal to the voters in this election, you can your same message will appeal to a lot of other people around the city. Cuz by the way, there's some precincts in ward 3 that are one of the higher voting precincts in the, Absolutely. In the city. Absolutely. So someone who runs in this race and wins can have a citywide platform. Absolutely. If they they do it right. So that's what makes this race so interesting. So you can translate this out to say, wait a second, I didn't make it there this time because it was a special, not enough people, not enough enough people to... Not enough time. Right, not enough time. Because again, this is very much like trying to get an airplane off the ground. No matter how good the airplane is, you need to have a certain amount of runway. Right, right, exactly. You may you may determine that with a longer runway, you could have got your plane up in the air. Right. So you're going to be around in September. Yeah, absolutely. And you may be running at large. You may be running at large. You may be maybe running for Ward Three again. Exactly. I mean, when we when we did that Ward Three campaign six years ago, he right. ran he ran so strong in the the prelim and the general that no one bothered. Yes. And so. Um, that might happen too, depending on how strong, but you might want right. to say, Hey, maybe I'll run at large or Hey, you know what? This was, you know, this person won by a lot, but you never know. There's, right. there's this, ma- this many people are out there and I think I can convince the other people too. Again, it, I would say to people, give it your best shot. Those people, those people were running this time because it's not your last shot. Right. Right. It's really not your last shot. It's the first shot you've taken. Yes. For most of them. Let me say, the exception of Kathy Dana and, and Ventura, nobody's ever run before. No, no one's run before. Right? Yeah. So this will be the first opportunity you get to see how many votes you're really worth. Yeah, right? exactly. I mean, really. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you can build from there. Hey, let's take a break, and then we'll finish out the hour strong.
by the way, Michael Jackson, we, we couldn't get him in studio. Well, he, he said he'd show up on Friday night when the kids are here, but... <laughs> hey, Ma- hey Ma- don't you dare sit on that Santa's lap. Santa's moonwalking. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, um... So, Good night. <laughs> do you ever see the uh, the Family Guy commercial for Michael with Michael Jackson and uh, checks? Yes. It's the kid in me loves checks cereal, and then it's it's kid Michael Jackson, and then the adult Michael Jackson. The, the adult in me loves the kid in me. <laughs> That's a great show. Oh man. Uh, okay, so that that's it. That'll I remember when Family Guy first came on. I thought you can't have this on television. What <laughs> time? Right. Natalie and I were watching her nephew, who's very much, who just got a scholarship to, to Roger Williams. So it was a while ago, and he says to me, "I can watch Family Guy." Yeah. I'm like, "There's no way you yeah. can watch Family Guy." He was a little kid, right? Right. Yeah. I'm like, "There's no way your parents let you watch Family Guy." Yeah. It's. Not but like he yet. thought he could trick me. Oh, uh, yeah. And you almost, I think you thought I really didn't care one way or the other. Right. <laughs> but I did. That's surprising that you cared. I did. No, no. It's not. <laughs> if you leave your kids with me, I'm responsible. <laughs> I know they grow up to tell. <laughs> I know you also can't have wine. So, so Friday, Santa will be in. Uh, Real Santa, the actual Santa. He'll not, be in, not Michael Jackson. He'll be in studio from seven to eight, and you can call him. Your kids can call him. Your grandkids can call him. Your cousins, ne- nieces, nephews, call Santa here at five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred and tell him what you want. Again, Friday seven o'clock. Santa's going to be in studio. Have your kids call Santa. Tell him what he wants for. Uh, tell him what you want for. Uh, tell them 